0: Okay, good morning. Um, Today is Chav Zayn Shvat. We're in the middle of chapter 25, which, as we've been discussing, is the final part of the first section of Tanya. Like, if Tanya was split into two, this is, well, really Tanya's split into three, that's the truth. But um, this is the final part, like, this whole first section where the altar is teaching us what is a bayonet? What is your. Hi, Tava, good morning. What is your most natural state of being, but also the state of being that sometimes get covered, gets covered over that you can always find access to again? Good morning. It's Hi. babushka day. <laughs> That's cute. Um, what is your most natural state of being that, yes, sometimes we forget, sometimes we end up associating more with our animal soul than with our godly soul. What the author teaching is that at any given moment, you have the power, and not only the power, like in some ethereal way, like, oh, I have this superpower that I can access. No, it's like literally, actually, my most natural state of being, when it's not covered over with all the other layers, what is my most natural state of being? To sit in the throne of my soul. To sit in the throne of my godly soul. To wear the crown of my moach. And that moach that automatically shalits al-halev. And what is that moach? That moach is the godless of Hashem. That moach is the light of Hashem that is illuminated in my mind. And not only in my mind in terms of thought, but in my mind in my chachma. And from that place, I see reality clearly, and I see myself clearly, and I see everything clearly, including the darkness, including the kalim, including my animal soul, including anything that comes up that seems to be the opposite of that godless, of that godliness, of that, the unity of the love of Hashem. I see everything that comes up as, hey, you too are Hashem. You too are Hashem. You too are Hashem. And that's, no matter what comes up, it's just... I I can hold it and and not only I can hold it, but what this conversation really is talking about is we're we're finding the space inside of us that you know we, we use the word, we use the word differentiation a lot, right? Like that we have to be able to differentiate between our godly soul and our animal soul. Oh that bell! Oh that bell! The eternal bell. <laughs> Why nobody ring? Oh yeah. I wonder why. That's weird. Actually, good morning. So we're talking about this differentiating between our animal soul and our godly soul. But what's interesting is that the differentiate what Altar was basically trying to help us understand—is that the differentiation is the result of no differentiation. Meaning, really, all reality is only godliness. Really, all reality is vajay, oneness. I'm the FS Mamish. What is it? It's Hashem. That's real reality. Once you kind of attune to that perspective, what you end up doing is you don't stop seeing reality. What you actually are then able to do is see reality as Hashem is asking you to see it. Because all is God, I can now actually be present to life in the way that Hashem is asking me to be present to it too, <laughs> in, the, in that way. And so it's like because there's no differentiation in reality, because of that, I can be present. And experience of differentiation but it's not that the part two of like actually experiencing differentiation isn't in the way of like oh i can't see that because if i see that then i'll die or if i go there then something bad will happen or if i listen to that fear if i talk to that part of me that is animal soul consciousness then fill in the blank no it's not that remember that would be true if the differentiation didn't come after the awareness of all hashem it's like that story that we said yesterday of like the the kingdom, and then the guy coming up in the kingdom and saying, Let's all rebel against the king. And everybody starts fighting him, or trying to kill him, or joining him, or associating with him. And everybody has all these different perspectives of what they're gonna do. And then there's one guy that says, I know who you actually are. You're a messenger from the king to bring us closer to the king. Let's ring, let's talk. Look, what you know, but there's that differentiation of you are not me you are something here for me and yet you're not here against me you're not you're not the antagonist of the story it also reminds me of like Nachshin like with with Nachshin coming to the ocean everybody had all these different perspectives when they got to the Yangtze they were like fight the ocean go back in the ocean die in the ocean whatever everybody had all these different perspectives Nachshin the Rebbe has this clear that Nachshin was the one that saw Einar Mavade, and the Rebbe in the Sikha asked something very clear he's like they weren't Jews at that time, but they, were, they did have to do Shevben Tzitz Noach. And part of the Shevben Tzitz Noach is that you're not allowed to die. You're not allowed to kill yourself. So how could Nachshon have gone into the ocean? It seems like suicide. Like, how could he have done that? And what the Rabbi explains is that was Nachshon wasn't giving up his life by going in the ocean. Nachshon just saw clear reality. And Nachshon, because he had the awareness of Enel Mavadai, he saw the ocean as an ocean, but he also saw that the ocean could not stand in his way because Hashem said to go forwards to get to Matan Torah. So, it, yes, it's an ocean, but no, it's not going to hurt me. No, Yes, this is a fear. Yes, this is an anxiety. Yes, this is a trigger. Yes, this is a desire of my animal soul, bringing me to consciousness of separateness. But no, this is not actually the antagonist of my story. No, this is not actually the thing that I have to kill or get rid of or associate with or none of it. It's something that is being brought. It's like Yetzir <speaking and speaking> Orr, <of language> that everything is Hashem. And part of everything being Hashem is that Hashem creates the darkness, but the darkness is also just this creation of Hashem, just as much as the light is. And like, Chana thing, like it's here for me. Like, it's not here against me. But anyways, why am I talking about all this? Because what we're talking about now is this last hurrah of bringing it really down into not only seichel, not only consciousness, but really in, in an emotive way, in like a way of like, I can actually access this awareness that I have inside of me, a soul... AKA a, a set of consciousness, a perception, that sees reality like this. And not only do I have it in me in a way that's, like, ethereal and conceptual, but if push came to shove, I would actually choose this state of expression instead of the other state of expression. And I, it was just, like, Musa's not here today, but I was thinking, I was point where the person sat yesterday. <laughs> it's funny. Like, Musa. Hello, Musa. But she was asking, she's like, at the end of the day, that like, people don't sacrifice their lives. Like, not everybody does. And so I was, like, letting myself go there for a minute, or a lot of minutes, and like, like, okay, so then how does this all apply if at the end of the day it doesn't? And it reminded me of when I was in high school, like, all Mr. Janowski people, when I was in high school, I would talk to Mrs. Janowski a lot about, like, like, I would literally tell her, like, I don't want to be somebody who does these kinds of mitzvahs. Like, it's not like I can't. Like, I literally, it's not me. This, this mitzvah does not reflect my personality. Like, I do not want to do that mitzvah. It does not reflect who I am. It was mostly in the realm of Sneas. I was like, it's like not only like what I don't, it's not like I don't, it's not like I feel like I can't. Like, I could. I just, obviously don't want to. Like, I am I, and that mitzvah does not reflect who I am. Like, I don't want, and she showed me this Rebbe video, and I can send it to anybody after, and I just I was just watching I, I found it, I watched it today again. But the basically explains that when a grandchild of Yaakov like us, but I love. I recall it grandchild of Yaakov. Like, like, we're not talking about like some conceptual Judaism that we maybe came from. Like, we're the grandchildren of the first of of Yaakov and of Avram and of Misha. Like, we're we are this these people. And when a grandchild of Yaakov says, "Oh yeah, I try to do the mitzvahs," like specifically when Yaakov comes over to Esau. like a, a Jew goes over to an Jew and says, "I I try to do the mitzvahs." The Rebbe says, you're not being true to who you actually are. says, by definition, a Yid is somebody who keeps all 613 mitzvahs. The Rambam says that every Jew, no matter what, keeps all 613 mitzvahs. And then the Rebbe says, so, but then you're going to ask, but I don't keep 613 mitzvahs. And the Rebbe says, you're not a Jew that doesn't keep 613 mitzvahs. You're a Jew that keeps 613 mitzvahs, and that you have the Yitzhahara inside of you, and sometimes the Yitzhahara makes you forget who you actually are, but your baseline state is somebody who keeps the 613 mitzvahs. That's essentially and naturally who you are. And I was just thinking, like, I wonder if the question itself is part of the forgetfulness. Like, yeah, it's true that al-piteva, I don't always associate with the fact that I am essentially the love of Hashem breathing in this world and that mitzvahs are the most natural expression of my body's essential state. Like, mitzvahs are homeostasis. Not doing a mitzvah is the confusion. And yeah, I don't always associate with that, but that, that is the question. Do you get it? Like, the question is not why do Jews sacrifice their, li- their lives for the unity of Hashem. The question is, what happened in that moment that somebody didn't? like that's the question the question is how come I'm not experiencing myself as the love of Hashem not is the love of Hashem part of my body so it's like and to me it's like you can't even get to that question had you not already in chapters 21 and 22 did a reframe of of reality like you can't ask that question unless you've already asked the question what is reality and we've already discussed that, like, and, and the Altar Rebbe says very clear, that we're discussing this in short. If you want to know more about this, go to Shaiyachad But reality isn't something that Hashem made that now exists on its own. Reality is is Ein Sof Mamish. That is reality. And so once you have that perception of reality is Ein Sof Mamish, and then you're suddenly like, okay, so if reality is Ein Sof Mamish, why are we not always experiencing that? But that's the question. The question is why are we not always experiencing that? Not do you, do you see and just, just to bring one more point in here like uh, there's this story of like the this guy that would always go to the Rebbe pass by the Rebbe or it may, it may have even been the Rebbe Rashab I'm not sure I forget if it's the Rebbe or the Rebbe Rashab but always passing by the Rebbe with um <clears throat> with like a kapata with like the Jewish garments and like when he was by the in his week he like wore business clothes and whatever and at one point he became like self conscious of the fact that he's lying to the Rebbe and so he came to the Rebbe in business clothes. Because he's like, I'm not, I don't want to keep lying. Like, I keep presenting myself in this one way, and then in the meantime, you know? And what the Rebbe tells him is, like, you, you're, you like, essentially, like, you're fooling yourself. Like, you are trying to convince me that this isn't who you are, when really this is who you, the, the Jewish clothes are who you are, and the business clothes are what you just wear. Like, you get it? And so it's like, I... I bless myself, but I bless myself too. I know this is just the beginning of Tanya, but I'm already going with the blessings. That's because it's gonna, we're going to see this in today's Tanya too, that we're talking today about a state of being that we can access when we access this state of our soul. The state of our soul that sees the, sees the differentiation of the world, not as the antagonist, not as this thing that I have to like, whatever, but there's nothing that is working against me, not even myself, not even the way that I'm presenting in this moment. And the way that the way that we're able to choose from that place is drastically different than the way that we're able to choose when we're bowing down to all the other gods. When, when I can find the place inside of me that says, I, I, just like if push came to shove, I would die for God, I also want to live for God. And what does that mean to live for God? It means that I do not bow down to other gods. I do not serve Avadah Zarah. Zara, it's literally zara is, I'm, I'm making this thing my God. I'm making this thing big enough and great enough and enough of a real entity enough that it becomes this thing controlling my life. And now suddenly I am not in the throne of my soul. The throne of my soul doesn't not see that thing. The throne of my soul sees that thing as almost subservient to me. And not, not subservient in the way of like, oh, I have a leash on it. But subservient in the way of that it can't hurt me. My fear cannot hurt me. Like my therapist always says, like it like really intense whenever she says it, but it's like, Fear is not prophecy. Fear is fear. And like when when I can notice that, that my fear is not something that is able to overtake my life because it essentially is not bigger than me. I am the radiation of Hashem. And this thing too is the radiation of Hashem. And thus, I, I do not bow to it. I do not bow to the d- desire that comes from my heart to my mind. I do not bow to my animal soul. I don't. And just... Hi, one more thing in here. The Hayyam yam of today, which, Baruch Hashem, you could spend a whole lifetime reading this Hayam in one way, and then you reframe reality, and suddenly you see it a little differently, so I just, I'll read it out loud. My revered father, <coughs> the Rebbe Rashab, writes in one of his maimarim: the Chassidim of earlier generations made a firm resolve in their souls that whenever they encountered something that was halakhically permitted but they desired and craved it. And I'm just going to read that in Hebrew. Coming up from our heart, specifically. They would refrain. Such a habit, this habit that the earlier Chassidim did, breaks physical desires. So just noticing, first of all, noticing the Hebrew and the English, it means breaks, but in Chasidis is always referring to, you start, it, it breaks the outer shell. Like when we say shviras halev, you're not saying that you break your heart, that like suddenly it's broken and now you're this dead cat lying on the side of the street. (coughs) Shviras halev means, like, what do we say shviras hakelem? Shviras hakelem is that the vessels were broken. They no longer were these all-encompassing, I am chesed, I am gevura, I am teferas. Shviras hakelim is, no, now chesed can intermingle with teferas, and teferas can intermingle with chesed. Why can they intermingle with each other? Because they're no longer this Kaylee taking up so much space. I'm actually just realizing this for the first time and it's really freaking cool. <laughs> like that is Shvira Salev. Shvira Salev is when the Lev is no longer its own God. It's, it's now split up into pieces, meaning, not, and I, I know I just said this, but not that it's a, a dead, broken cat, but it's, it's seen for what it actually is, which is the expression of Hashem, not just this huge own God. That's literally what happened in Shviras Hakelim. It's fascinating. Oh my gosh! Like in Tohu, Chesed was only Chesed. Shviras Hakelim is now Chesed is the reflection of Hashem, and thus it can intermingle with Gabura. It can have this schallos. It can have the intermingleness. Why? Because I'm I am a reflection of Hashem. I'm not my own entity. That's Shviras Hakelim. And when we say Shviras Halev, Hatayva, Shvira it's that it's the same thing. That can I see that the animal soul coming up inside of me? not as an individual God that can control my life, but as something that I have dominion over, that I, as somebody who's sitting in the throne of my godly soul, with my crown of malchus, my crown of Hashem's divine light, literally, and that Hashem's divine light doesn't, isn't not something that's outside of me. We say very often that this moach that's able to shalit al-halev, it's not like some consciousness that I attain in order to shalit al-halev the consciousness that I'm attaining is my natural state of self. It's the awareness of who I actually am, who I always have been. Like we said yesterday, that's beyond time. It's yesterday, it's today, it's tomorrow. It's the oneness of Hashem that's going through everything, including this animal soul that's coming up inside of me. And so this this experience of these chasidim that they said, bless you, that they said, yeah, when I have this natural desire that's coming up inside of me, that's taking over me, yeah, I can say no. I can say no. And it's interesting because like, Years ago I would have been like like I wouldn't have been able to like handle that. Like I don't want to say no to anything that comes up inside of me, like, but it's like I think that when we can like we were saying, like the yes allows us to say no and the no allows us to say yes. Like when I can be in tune with this space of my throne and of my of my godly soul, the no isn't mean. And the no isn't like I'm not pushing something away. I'm just expressing my full self. And my full self is somebody that does not bow to another God. I only have one God. And from this place, I go, to, I go and I bring all this stuff to therapy with me. And I go bring all this stuff to journaling. And I go bring all this stuff to davening. And I go, and I choose to enjoy the world. But I'm choosing to enjoy Hashem's world if we weren't meant to enjoy Hashem's world the Rebbe wouldn't call it a garden we're, we're in this world for Tana. look at any of the sikhos, we're in this world for the pleasure to enjoy the pleasure of Hashem in this world that's why we're here but being in a state of pleasure like Rebbe San Mishko, like, like she pleasure she had pleasure in the world but it was not from a place of neediness and codependence and looking for that thing to give me my sense of self looking for that thing to give me my crown I have my crown my crown is my godly soul. And from that place, from that place, I I enjoy the world. I, I, I lean in, but it's not the other way around. I do not look to that thing as a god who's going to give me my sense of self. I do not look at that. And it's in both ways. It's the pleasures, the positive pleasures, but it's also the negative pleasures. Because as if, it's like, when you realize this, suddenly, like, everything shifts. When you realize that we actually get pleasure from our toxic experiences, like, and not pleasure in the way of positivity, but pleasure in the way of this negative thing that I'm having inside of me, this fear, this anxiety, this sadness, this loneliness is actually serving me in some way. It's a a pleasure to my animal soul, meaning my animal soul is protecting me with this thing. And it's like, can we find a space inside of ourselves that says, I don't need your protection. I I have Hashem. You are not God. You are a reflection of Hashem. Here to bring me closer to Hashem. But you are not God and I will not bow to you. I will not disown you. If I'm disowning you, this is not my godly soul. If I'm not bowing to you, and part of not bowing to you is saying, you don't even exist. You're just a figment of my mind. Ah, ha, ha ha Whatever. It's not my godly soul. My godly soul says, Yes, this darkness is a creation, but it's just a creation. And I will hold you, and I will hold you with tenderness and love and care, because you are a creation of Hashem here for me, but I will not... I, like, I, I keep saying this, but I, I will not bow to you. Um, okay. I love these days that I actually say the things that I kind of prepared to say. It's so fun. Oh, my God. Usually when I get to this point of Tanya, I'm like, I just said something, but it's totally not what I prepared to talk about. Today, I'm like, I can put my... Oh, no, I actually didn't. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'll do it. Different time. Okay. So today's Tanya... <laughs> for a few minutes it's literally a few lines of Tanya with Alter. says yesterday we talked about that this space of godly souls divine illumination where we can actually be sitting in the throne of our soul it allows us to ne- to not do a negative mitzvah meaning like the moment I'm about to like let's say like break Shabbos this moment of like isolation oh what does this moment even matter it's just a random moments in a random time I'm a random person in a random world no throne of my godly soul I'm an interconnected person to the reality of all of life the DNA of this moment is actually the creation and the love of Hashem, loving me, breathing through me. My life in this moment is also the love of Hashem. The mitzvah is the connection between me and Hashem in a practical way. I, I don't want to not do that. <laughs> like this is all that's real right now. Of course, I'm going to not do a avera. The hein vachinas and also in the realm of vaaseitay, the hesgaber kaari b'gavra ve'aymetalim to strengthen yourself like a lion with the might and determination of heart. We're just noticing that when we read the halacha, the first halakha of Shulchan Aruch is to wake up like a lion. It's not 613 mitzvahs, but part of the context of halacha and of the 613 mitzvahs is, 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 is Shulchan Aruch, And the first mitzvah of Shulchan Aruch is to wake up like a lion. And here, the, is, the way that the Alter explains waking up like a lion in the next few lines is like, living from this place of lion, lioness, like, where these, like, alive, full of energy people. author <laughs> is basically explaining it. This is our most natural state. And in the next few paragraphs, author is going to say that sometimes we revert to an energy of laziness and an energy of, I don't have any energy. My body is depleted. I don't feel energy inside of my body. If you've been following, you may notice that that is the same exact consciousness of isolated person in isolated world fragmented person in fragmented world i don't have any energy i'm just a body i'm just a body i didn't choose to wake up today my body doesn't have vitality flowing through it right now i don't feel that and it's interesting because really laziness that's what laziness is what is laziness laziness is when i do not i'm not associating myself with the power of this moment with the life of this moment i'm I'm just here whatever like what, whatever. <laughs> like I once watched this TED talk where the lady said there's a like she put like on the big word on the big board F like asterisk at sign exclamation point like looks like a curse word, right? And she's like, what is this word? Everybody's guessing. She's like, this is the worst word you're ever gonna say. If you say this word, your life blah 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 Anyways, There's what's the word? the word? Fine. She's like, don't you start saying that word, fine. I'm, it's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Whatever. She's like, life is over. There's no there's no life left. What is what is I'm fine? What is? It's fine, whatever, it's fine. I'm not feeling the vitality of which this moment actually is. Like a chassid, somebody who's engaged with this state of being, with the state of being of Hashem is creating me right now with the depth of love, literally right now, it's, it's, it brings a certain life. It brings a certain aliveness. That aliveness, though, I'm just noticing, that aliveness is our natural state of being. And so when the shulchan aruch says wake up like a lion, the Shulchan Aruch isn't asking us to do something that is contrary to who we actually are. The Shulchan Aruch is telling us, this is your most natural state of self. Act like this because this is actually who you are. And if not only wake up like a in the Shulchan Aruch it says, wake up like a lion, and through noticing that Hashem is before you right now, automatically it makes you wake up like a lion. But I was just thinking, like, imagine if and I don't think we'll ever be able to see this until Mashiach comes, because naturally like, there's chulkim, edus, mishpatim, like there's different kinds of laws that you can see clearly and see the, see the reason of Hashem, but like imagine if we can see every mitzvah of Torah in the same way that I'm literally finally realizing that waking up like a lion. That the mitzvah of Torah isn't something that is an added bonus to me being me, but it is actually my most natural state of being. And yes, about this, about waking up like a lion, about living with that energized state of being, I can tell you from today to tomorrow, that's not actually who I am. I'm I'm a lazy person. I don't have so much energy in my body. And then I start exercising, I start eating well, I start noticing, I start contemplating and meditating on the the fact that my life is actually divine energy surging right now and suddenly I'm back to my natural state which is more energy and it's like imagine if we could do that same thing with every single mitzvah like okay Shabbos is just like whatever no what if Shabbos is actually our most natural state of being that on the seventh day of the week within the cosmic order of things my soul and my body is experiencing something on Shabbos that is not just an added bonus to my life but is actually my most natural state of being and not natural like natural like natural like our natural state of being is divine light, divine love. That is our most natural state of being. And mitzvahs express that. Mitzvahs are. Okay, just noticing. Noticing, just noticing. Okay, so Bahim Machin's alav Tabla. In direct neged, <laughs> we stood neged hahar. A neged is. It's this thing opposite you, but it's this thing also here for you. Anytime you hear the word neged and tira, it's opposite, but for. The Adam was created It's this opposite, but it's actually for you. Neged mach this This that's coming and weighing down your body. It's saying, just go back to the earth. There's nothing to live for right now. There's no... Connectivity between you and reality. It's just whatever. This moment is just whatever. It's just an isolated moment in an isolated world. I'm a fragmented person in a fragmented world. I may as well just, what? Mm-hmm. It's fine. Exactly. Um, he said, <laughs> And it says, you don't have to put energy into this part of your Advaitis Hashem. Just stay down. Stay low. Stay down. Doesn't, whatever. And I'm, I'm saying the stay low because we're talking about Afar. Like, that's what Afar does. It brings us down. It makes us want to lie in our beds. And I was just noticing, though, always when you hear in Tanya, Afar, Eish, Ruach, Mayim, the four elements, there's always going to be those elements of kedusha and those elements of Klippa. So right now we're talking about Afar of Klippa. That it says, lay low, but in a way, in, from the perspective of this moment, it's just nothing. It doesn't matter. You don't, you don't have energy in your body. Your body is not full of life and love right now. You can't do that extra like like in an exercise class when like you like i literally cannot push myself past what i'm trying to do right now and then you do it right the klipa of afar keeps you in the i can't part i don't have the energy in my body right now mamash i don't have it it's not here that's afar of klipa afar of kudusha though is there is rest <laughs> like it's your laying but it's not laying because i'm not full of anything it's it's the it's, it's the earth through which things grow from I was just noticing, like, rest is a huge part of, of being part of a life full energy, like, when we rest, more things grow, when we meditate, when we dive in, when we do yoga, like, these kinds of things that are, Or I was listening to a Huberman podcast, like, this guy, Dr. Huberman, I highly suggest, but he was talking about, I for, totally forget what it's called, but it's a kind of state of rest, where you're not sleeping, N-S-something-R, it's like, not sleeping, deep rest, probably it's NSDR, I think, and it's, for 15 minutes a day and it actually rejuvenates every single thing in your body to have that. But that's kadusha rest. We're talking about Afar right now that says, you have to rest, not because you're so full of life and you want to get back to it, but you have to rest because there's nothing even here. You have no connectivity. Does, see, see the difference? It's what are things that require energy, but then somebody could say, Oh, I, I don't have the energy for this? It's to use to be within Torah with full energy. <laughs> that we naturally have this ability to be with Torah in this way of like an ox or a donkey. Like we're full energy, full strength. We're very strong. It's interesting. Like, if anybody's tried, to, keep on going to this example, but like if you've ever tried to work out and kind of gone through those, that the days of like, I literally can't do this anymore. And then you do it more. It's like that with our emotional energy too, with our spiritual energy too, that we are much more full of life than we naturally give ourselves credit for. We are much more full of the power of being able to sit in the throne of our soul and look at that animal soul consciousness and say, I will not bow to you than we naturally give ourselves credit for. We're very full of life. Um, so we said with Torah, the author was saying the three, the Torah, Tefillah, and Mila's Chasadim, which are the three pillars of the world, the three life. I'm, I'm realizing this as I'm talking, guys. Like, these three, the mitzvahs are the pillars of the world. Do you get it? Like, the, what is the world? The world is connection between Hashem and, and Yiddin. In every Yom Kippur David, we see that. Torah, Gamilas Chasadim. And, or, not, you know, I don't know when we say this, maybe it's in at these three things, Tarag, Melch, and they're what makes the world stand. Why is it what makes the world stand? Because to begin with, <coughs> the world was created for connection between me and Hashem. So, of course, without, the, it's like you take away the connection and the home is an abandoned house. I love this part. Similarly with davening, to exert yourself, to, to be present in your davening, with all of your power. And just noticing that the altar is not saying, but the altar is saying, and just noticing within, within this conversation, anybody who's hearing me talking right now and being like, oh, I don't have that. I don't have that kind of energy. The altar is not talking about some barometer of energy that you're meant to attain. It's your kayakh. It's, it's finding the life inside of you that is already there that sometimes we're not accessing. And in davening, can I be engaged with myself in davening? <clears throat> this hit hard for me, honestly, because the davening is the most time that I just t- tap out. Like, I go to my afar during davening. Like, somehow like I have less energy in my body while I'm trying to daven than like, at any other point <laughs> in my day. <laughs> but, like, really, what's happening there is like it's a, it's and it's subconscious, but it's me thinking and me feeling this moment doesn't really matter. It actually matters if I engage with Hashem in this way right now, like, whatever. It's that's fine. It's fine if I don't engage like this. But if I can tap into the notion of the Ari inside of me, the line inside of me that sees the, the divine consciousness that sees this moment as interconnectedness between all of the cosmos and all of reality and that when i dive i'm the shame i'm causing the divine unity with the source of all of creation and every atom and cell within creation like i'm doing that when i dive in and it's like i'm not just this like random person picking up a sitter right now i'm i'm full of energy i'm full of vitality i'm full of actual affecting energy and it's like okay now i suddenly have more strength and i see it's like we're not just saying push yourself to daven the the whole khaichai is coming as the result of understanding why we even have this energy in the first place that we have this energy even when we don't feel like we have this energy so sometimes yeah push yourself to daven but pushing yourself to daven isn't the opposite of you're not breaking yourself you're becoming you're engaging with your core strength of who you actually are and the last line of today and also it's, it's which is the It's an avajah to say I have the energy to give this money away it's not fine if I don't do my purpose in life like oh it doesn't matter if I give my sir or not Everybody, every, enough people are giving my sir I don't have to you're not seeing yourself within the context of all of it. you're not seeing yourself as part of the ecological system ecology is when you see the interconnectedness between everything when I say, I don't have to give my miser, I'm literally saying that God does not exist within me needing to give miser, as if I don't have the exact amount of miser that Hashem is creating the world to need. Hashem is here, Hashem is this, Hashem is me, Hashem is the money, Hashem is everything. <laughs> and like, it creates an energy of, I do not want to live on the outskirts. Like, this line because I'm going through my mind is like I do not want to live on the outskirts of Hashem's kingdom I could I could move to the outskirts of Hashem's kingdom and say Hashem well I'll, I'll join you know it's like, the, for this, like I'll join for Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah kind of thing but like I'll join when it's easy for me I'll join when I feel or and it's like literally living on the outskirts of Hashem's kingdom what the, the noticing what the author is saying is that you don't even have to move closer to the kingdom you don't have to pick up and go Even when you're on the outskirts of the kingdom, you're not actually on the outskirts of the kingdom. You think, oh, here, I'm not so connected to Hashem. I'm one with the king always. I'm one with the king always. That's why I don't bow down to the idols. I don't not bow down to the idols so that I could be one with the king. I don't bow down to the idols because naturally who I am is oneness with Hashem. And so I bless us all to notice a moment in our day where we feel ourselves on the outskirts of the kingdom, meaning here, whatever. Here is just a moment of whatever, a moment of fine. Oh, okay, of this, this moment is my God not the energy within this moment not the life within this moment and to take some breaths literally your breaths are the divine life force breathing through you right now when we breathe we're breathing Hashem's breathing into us like that's what it is literally every time we breathe we're kissing with Hashem it's not, much, it's not a joke and to notice if you can actually gain energy not only in your not only in your mind because of that but also in your actual body Notice if you can actually feel your body attuning itself with, with more energy and more life force in that moment. Um, <clears throat> There's so much more. There's so much more. <laughs> but, you know, let's continue tomorrow. <laughs>